Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 79. Most things we did, we did well, but this is one we just felt that we could be great at. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome back to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I have joining us David Polis of Celebrations Fun Food Factory. Celebrations Fun Food Factory is a family-owned and operated business established in 1990. For the last seven years, they have been a wholesale manufacturer of gourmet popcorn. Part of their business model is that they don't sell directly to the general public. This way, they aren't competing with their retail partners. Dave places a high value on customer service and product quality, and all popcorn is made to order to ensure freshness. And I can tell you from tasting their popcorn that it is delicious. I am so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me, Dave. Well, thanks for having me. I'd like to get started by having our listeners understand a little bit about you in a creative way, and that is by having you describe your ideal motivational candle. So if you were to share with us what color it would be and what the quote would be, what would we be seeing on your candle? Well, I guess the candle would be red, and I'm not sure this is a quote or a saying, but something that I kind of believe in is, is that you don't worry about things that you cannot fix. Because so much energy goes into trying to overcome or handle something when you have no control over it. I think that's really important for all of us in business. Yeah, so most things we don't have control over. So just focus and spend your energies on the things that you can control, right? Yes. Perfect. Something that we can all remember, Gift Biz listeners. Let's go back and talk about how Celebrations Fun Food Factory started. Well, we kind of started way back doing school fundraisings. We did school carnivals, the order takers that kids go to your door and bother you with, and holiday shops in the schools. And during the carnivals, we had a lot of session equipment, snow cones, slush, cotton candy, popcorn, which all came from Gold Medal Company in Cincinnati. Well, over a period of time, we had so much equipment, we became a dealer. And in the process of becoming a dealer, we sold to JM Golden Gourmet, which manufactured the caramel corn that we manufacture now. And the lady had some health problems, and we bought her business, oh, eight years ago. And over the period of time, we sold off the order takers and the holiday shops. And then about four years ago, we decided that caramel corn was going to be our sole focus. And all we do now is caramel corn. Caramel corn and cheese popcorn, I know, because it's my favorite of yours. <laughs> cheese popcorn, the fruit-flavored glazes, caramels, and with nuts, without nuts, with any flavor you would like. All versions of, as we were talking about in your intro, the gourmet popcorn. Correct. And what was the reason why you narrowed down to just one product? Well, I guess several reasons. One is that we found that the caramel corn was probably our best chance of being great at. There's a book, Good to Great, and you know, there's a lot of people that do things that you're good at because that's what you always did. Most things we did, we did well, but this is one we just felt that we could be great at. So that's why we kept doing the caramel corns. 
I really like that you say that because it might, to some of our listeners, sound counterintuitive because in some ways you think, well, you know, if you have more products, you're going to be more successful because there's more choices. But we continually hear as entrepreneurs this whole idea of niching down and having one really good thing that you can do really well. And that's what you did. But you did this way before people were talking about it. Well, that came from the Good to Great book which is written probably 20-some years ago, that compared 14 large companies. And what their consideration of a great company was that you weren't great one year. You had to hold that great quality for a span of 15 years. So great is really a hard thing to do. It's not like, oh, we are great, we had the best year ever. You look back for 15 years or for 15 years, it's a hard concept to do. Do you think that's why so often you see businesses come up and they start and they look like they've got a great concept and then three years down the road they're closing their doors? Oh, there's a whole lot of things. You know, you have a great concept, but almost before you have a great concept, you have to have the right people on the bus. If you don't have the right people going with you and working with you, even a great concept won't succeed. Oh, that's interesting. Talk to us a little bit about that. What are you seeing in terms of what do you need to do to make sure that you're getting the right people? Boy, that is really rough. You gotta, everybody has to have the same vision, the same passion for what you do. Even our hourly people understand that Carmel Corn is what we do and, and everything has to be right. And that's probably the hardest thing of all is getting the right people on the bus. So do you first, when you're interviewing people, are you hiring for certain personality traits, dedication and commitment, that type of thing? Or what do you look for to figure out if they're going to be a good fit for you? Well, personality traits, and they fit with us. And also, it's just their dedication. No matter what job you had before the job you have now, if it was a job you hated, you, you still need the dedication and the willingness to do your job. I mean, every job isn't perfect. There's a lot of jobs I don't like, but I'm doing because I'm dedicated to making caramel corn, although this isn't what I like, I'm still going to do it the best that I can, whatever portion of the job that happens to be. And so you talk a little bit about the culture and that everybody understands the vision of the business. The vision is your product is caramel corn. Do you have regular meetings with all your employees, or how do you make sure to instill that message and the understanding of where the business is going and keeping everyone motivated? We are still rather small, so we're pretty much a hands-on business. So myself or Kathy, my wife, or one of us, we are always working with the people. So, you know, we do have regular meetings, but they see us do it every day, and, you know, they do as you do. So if we keep the attitude and everything positive, they understand the quality we expect, it seems to flow fairly smoothly. And it's a good point there, too, because the culture of the business starts from the top. So you and Kathy are involved in the business and just the attitude that you have where, where you were saying, you know, it's not my favorite thing to make the caramel corn, but still you're doing it. Just the attitude and the commitment then funnels down to all your employees for sure. Right. So let's talk about how you are different from other people. And that is, I mean, I saw you and Kathy recently at a trade show, which is how we started talking and I tasted your popcorn. I actually have it here now <laughs> in, in my office. And you're so proud and committed. And I saw when both of you were speaking, just the idea that you make it to order. So in other words, there is not popcorn sitting there 
waiting for people. Remember, it's not direct to the public, so it's businesses calling in, but they're not just pulling it off the shelf and putting it in boxes. They are making it based on orders that are coming in. So a little bit more cumbersome in terms of the product fulfillment, David, but how did you come upon the idea that this is what you were going to do? Caramel corn to begin with, it has a six-month shelf life, so it has a fairly long shelf life. But, you know, everybody, particularly small businesses, are worried about turnover and their product will stay fresh. And that was just our thought from the beginning, was that our product is, is gourmet. You probably won't find a, a heavier coated product in the industry. Our product, we stay away from artificial flavors as much as we can to keep things natural and make sure it's the most gourmet there is on the market. So to do that, we thought that the freshness was as important as how gourmet the product is. So everything, as you said, is made to order. We get customers that order one case at a time. We have customers order hundreds of cases at a time, but still they're all made to order. Got it. And so how do you get the message out? I've noticed as I was asking you for information for the show, you don't do a lot of social media, which in a way makes a lot of sense because you aren't directly to the consumer and social media might confuse everybody. You might get lots of calls that, you know, you're not going to fulfill the product. But how do you get your message out and how do you attract new business? Our primary method is trade shows where we met you. We do very well at keeping business. You know, like any business, it's much easier to keep a customer it is to get a new one. So once we get a customer, we want to make sure that we keep them as long as they're selling caramel corn. Then the trade show is the best route to go. And there's some, some networking we do with people. We're small and probably on that end of the scale, not the best. We're best at making caramel corn. Our sales approach probably not as good as a caramel corn. So you let the product speak for itself. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> What do you do? Are there any tips that you would give for people who are working trade shows? What are you seeing? If, if that is your single most visible spot, it's got to work for you. It's got to pull in customers. What do you see as any tips that you would have in terms of helping people in the booth or just working trade shows overall? We're not very pushy. We don't push our product. People when they go by, but it is really important to engage people, say hello to them. How are they doing? I mean, we have conversations with people at shows that we've been to for, since we started eight years ago. We talk to every time, but have not yet bought a product from us. But it's just important to engage people. Then if they do want to see your product, they'll talk to you. But if you just sit in your booth and hope someone will come to talk to you, it's not going to happen. What do you say about sampling? Oh, it's 100% necessary. A trade show many years ago, not many, maybe four, we went to, and we always give out souffle cups with samples of all of the different flavors. We used to sample three or four, and people would have them. But there was another caramel corn company that sent out a bag, like maybe an eight-ounce bag. They gave everybody a bag of caramel corn, and people were concerned that, isn't that going to hurt you? But everybody came by with that bag, and pretty much I just showed them the color of ours, the coating of ours, and, you know, sample ours. They just looked at what was in the bag, and you could tell just by comparing to that there wasn't any comparison. So... So were they giving bags and not sampling? I believe so. Everybody ah. just got a bag. And, 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 you know, you want to taste it. You want to see it. And then when you do taste it and see, you want to make sure you're showing your absolute best product. Sure. I ask you that because I have been to a number of shows, and it seems so crazy to me where people will be showing the product and not giving samples. Glad you told that story because there is a perfect example of the same thing. But you bring up another point, too, which is especially, I think, for consumable products, that it has to look 
delicious. Like you just want to get your hands on it and taste it. Yes, correct. You always see people say that they're going to give this away or they give this away. Well, if you're giving something away, you don't give something away because you have it left over. You make it special to give away, so you're always giving away your best product you absolutely can. Right. And so, of course, you make it because everything's always fresh. You make it special then for the show. Bring it to the show. And then you do have samples because I got some when I was coming home <laughs> in the bags too, right? Yep, we always have samples in the bags and then in the little souffle cups for people to taste while they're there. Right. We do a lot of shows that are chocolate-based, most of our shows. So we also learn over a period of time, look at your samples and where you're going, what you want to take. We take all the samples, but we particularly take heavier on the savory, the cheeses, because when people have been through a hundred booths of chocolate, they no longer want something sweet. They want something savory just for a different taste. Oh, good point. You blend it to the show, but then you also consider the customer's experience as they're going through, because you're right. We were just at, for Gift Biz listeners, we were just at the National Gourmet Candy Show in Atlantic City. And boy, is there a lot of chocolate there. It's a dangerous show <laughs> to be at. There are quite a few samples. Not everyone was sampling I'm there either, I might add. Wonderful. So really good tips from David in terms of working shows. Make sure that you are out and interacting with people who are coming by your booth. Make sure your product makes sense for the show that you're at. So if you do have multiple products, make sure that you're understanding the customer's experience and sampling is all important for sure. Okay, I want to jump over now and talk about a time when maybe you've had some challenges in the business. Something hasn't gone exactly the way you'd want. And I like to use this example as a learning for our listeners. So can you bring us somewhere in the course of business where there were some struggles for you and how you overcame them? There's a lot of struggles in the saving self-employed. Like but which one? <laughs> but let's, let, let, this is an ongoing struggle that comes and goes. We are regulated by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, and it's a very important process because it's very important to keep the food supply chain safe. And we update, we do whatever. It's, when we started, they just went through an update, so there was a lot of things to do. But they just came out with FSMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act. They came out with about a year ago. I went to classes last week. It took a year for the FDA to put out a book of guidelines on how to enforce the new regulations. So this is a three-year operation to get everybody up to this new act. For a big business, they have a person or a group of people that control everything. For a small business like celebrations, it's a major undertaking. It's to the point where every process you do now is tracked. Every process is written down. It's written down between allergens when you wash. Always was done. You always clean equipment between allergens. You always wash your hands and you're going out of the room. Every process now has to be tracked. And for a small business, it's just a major undertaking, and that's what we're in now. But on the other hand, when the consumer gets your product, they're always sure that you don't have cross-contaminations, allergens, you don't have microorganisms or anything else. So it is a very important process, but it is probably, over the years, one of the most difficult ones to handle. And you get uh, announcements or whatever when things are changing, of course. The big one now, this Food Safety Modernization Act, you have three years, you said, to implement it? 
to get it into your business? Yeah, we're down to about two now, so we got two more years. It took them a year to figure out the guidelines of how to implement it. Where a bigger company such as General Mills would have their own people designing the implementation, where smaller companies can't afford to do that, so you wait till the FDA people give you a guideline. So. Good for consumers, of course, somewhat challenging for you guys and especially smaller businesses, I'm sure. I guess this is a great reason to have a smaller number of products then, too, for you. Well, of course, the bigger your SKUs are as far as ingredients, the higher it gets to be. And as far as a great thing about the Food Safety Act is everything now, you know, we have our food safety here, but when we get sugar in, you get all their certifications, so all our product is now tracked back from when it came out of the ground to when we get it for food safety. So when we get it, we're assured by the manufacturer, the grower, whoever, of the safety, and then we continue on with our safety. So it's really good for the consumer. When they get a product, it's been carefully inspected from when it popped out of the ground until they receive it. Through the whole chain. Yes. And that's good to know from a consumer standpoint. Let's talk about your your whole customer base now are businesses. So your retail partners is what you call them. You're attracting new retail partners from trade shows primarily. And then you're continuing to stay in communication with them in some shape or form. But how else are you making sure that you ensure? Because the whole key for you is going to be repetitive business, reorders. Correct. We do follow up with customers after they receive product to make sure that, that they're happy, particularly new customers. I mean, we have customers that we had since we bought the business, and there's some of them, you know, we, we, you talk about their kids, their grandkids now. So, yeah, it's really important just to build a relationship with everybody, and if they know they have an issue, they can call. A nice story is, you know, we manufacture all the different flavors, but we had a person that ate our product at a retail level, they have four restaurants in Toledo, and they're Hungarian restaurants, and he called up one day, he said, you know, I got your product at the farmer's market or wherever it was. He said, can you make pickle-flavored popcorn? And we said, well, we think so. So he brought us some samples of his Hungarian-style sweet and spicy pickles. We, we found a flavor manufacturer we got a pickle from. We had some spicy. So we, we worked in probably 10 different batches till we found one that tasted like his pickle. Since then, we had made a chili cheese to match his chili flavor, and we do an apple dumpling to match one of his desserts. And this is all from follow-up and the man coming from eating our retail product. But what's really, really cool about the story is it's a market we never really thought of. He came to us saying, can you match his product? Now, I can make a spicy pickle popcorn and never sell a bag of it. Right. He puts it in all his restaurants next to his pickles and they buy a jar of pickles and a bag of popcorn. The next time they come in, they still have pickles left, but they ate the popcorn, so they buy another bag of popcorn. And it was just an interesting thing how it all worked through to the, to the whole retail line that this gentleman came back to us and how it worked through that a little different market than we were used to that we really never thought of before. Right. That is really interesting. So when you're doing that, so you're devoting time then to figuring out a recipe that is then just for him. Is that an exclusive recipe then just for him? The pickle one is just for him. It's chili cheese. We had a chili cheese with the chili spice that we use, but his chili cheese is his chili spice. So that's just for him also. And the apple dumpling, I mean, we don't make it in our line. It's really not that special, but it's just for him also. When someone comes to you, do you have a minimum order that they have to purchase? No, it's just a, everything is a case. To keep our gourmet 
quality, one batch we are on small batch machines, many of them, but small batch machines, and one batch is basically one case. And that is how we keep the freshness. When you order one case, it's one batch, we package it, and it's shipped to you. And in Chicago, and you know, your product is two days old. When I know that's so, crazy, and it's delicious. We did yeah. break into one of those bags. Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. So, you know, we'll try to make a product for anyone. You know, hopefully, there's some reasonable sales involved afterwards. But, you, you know, if you don't try it, you don't know. So if somebody was listening to the show right now, and these shows now are evergreen, so this might even be a year from now, who knows? But if someone's listening to the show and they're like, boy, you know, we have a restaurant similar to what you were just talking about, the story you were just talking about, they could call you up and talk about a special flavor that they might be interested in having in their shop. Maybe it's even, they're known for cherries. They're a town that's known for cherries. You would work with them in terms of customizing a product? Certainly, we do, we do do some cherry things for people. We do some lavender flavorings. We have a customer, all they sell in their store is lavender items. Everything has to have lavender in it. We do a caramel corn with lavender flavor. Not necessarily my favorite, but it sells really well in lavender country. For sure. All right, Gift Biz listeners, a perfect example now of how to customize your product for different areas, different venues, different neighborhoods, you know, whatever it might be in terms of cities and what they're known for. So think about this and how this might relate to your product. Are there different things that you could be doing to attract more business because you're making it super custom? Really great story. Thank you so much with that. Let's move now, David, into the reflection section. This is a look at you specifically and what types of things you're doing with your day and a little bit about you and how you've been successful. Is there one natural trait that you've always had that you call upon regularly in your business life? I guess it's just me and Kathy, or I guess we are both high energy people. A friend of ours has a small business and it's really a cottage business and nothing they need to live off of. And it's just so, you know, they said, why do you work after dinner? Why do you do this? I said, well, you go home after dinner and you go to the gym or you watch TV. There's 24 hours in a day and I sleep six or eight. So what I do with the other 16 are up to me. Now, I do like to go out on vacation and enjoy things, but some days the other 16 hours may be work, which is a terrible thing to say. And I like to keep it eight, 10 hours a day. But if necessary, if the day is 16 hours of work, it's 16 hours of work the joys of being self-employed. Well, it's true. You get to steer the ship. So, you know, if you get to do what you enjoy doing and what you've created yourself, even though you've already said you don't like doing all of the caramel corn production, there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with the business as well. So it's just the high energy level, I think, is one of our attributes that keep us going. And what tool do you use regularly to keep productive or to try and create some type of balance? Well, back to my candle. Don't worry about things that you can't fix. You can spend a whole lot of your life worrying about things that you'll never solve. So that's just that mindset. Keep your energy and your focus going on things that you can control and affect. Correct. And you may have already alluded to this. What book have you read that you think our listeners could find value in? If you're self-employed, it's good to great. I mean, it's good for your personal life. It's good for your business life. I mean, it, it was published 20 years ago with a comparison of different businesses. But I probably read it four times. Every couple of years, I pull it out and read it again because there's just so many things, like the right people on the bus. And there's just so many things in there that will just hit something you're doing right then and say, maybe I should do this different. So it's a good book to read and read over and over. 
and if I recall correctly, because I've read that book as well, they give a lot of live examples of big businesses, ones that have done well and ones that haven't and why. Yeah, correct. Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. And I know that Good to Great is on Audible because that's how I read it. I've teamed up with Audible for you to get an audiobook just like this for free if you haven't done so already. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. And GiftBiz listeners, you know you can go to the show notes page. I will have information so that you can see Celebration's Fun Food Factory if you're a business. Okay, so not just a consumer, but if you're a business and are interested in what Dave has to offer, then you can absolutely get in touch with him. So go ahead and connect up with the show notes page. And I think the best thing for people, Dave, who are listening while they're walking, while they're cleaning up their shops, et cetera, would be to go to your website, correct? Yes, people today seem to like the website. I personally like to talk to people, but busy people, yeah, would use the website. Okay, and I love that you said that. Reach out and give Dave a call. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yes. (laughs) Super. Finally, Dave, I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Oh, goodness. There's a lot of things I could think of. Let's keep it very simple. And what I like to be would always be able to see the good in whatever situation I'm in. There are a lot of things that happen, things that happened to us recently that you just don't understand why, but you need always to be able, and I wish I could always be able to see the good in every situation. So always stay positive and always stay on that side of the fence, if you will. Yes. Thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate, you know, I knew that I wanted to talk to you when I saw you and Kathy at the booth. And please give my best to Kathy when you see her. (laughs) She's probably right next to you or in the room somewhere right now. I don't know. (laughs) She is. She's drinking a coffee, which I'm not, but she is. All right. Well, hi to Kathy. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. Really some great information that you've shared. I love the fact that you niche down the product so much and are seeing such great success. Anyone who's in business who does not already carry gourmet popcorn and thinks they should, I give it a personal recommendation. Continued success to you. I'm thinking I'll see you at another trade show real soon. And may your candle always burn bright. Thank you. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know you're set up for success, Find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting giftbizquiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. 
By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.